Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. That's right, that's it's right. It's going to be us. We can drink and talk shit as much as we want. Nobody can say anything to us. D.L. Hughley, uncut. Hey, now it is a D.L. Hughley uncut. Welcome. I am a D.L. Hughley. Hey, hey, I'm Jasmine Sanders. What up? It's your boy Special K, Kyle, whatever you want to call me. There you go. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, took, that took a lot of time. <laughs> and look at this. You can tell when somebody don't get to talk a lot. Fuck I it, know. I'm going to say everything. Everything hey, right now. Anytime the camera on me, I'm milking it for all this boy. And another thing. Oh, boy. That's how you do it, though. <laughs> hey, boy, you got to bring your slow kids with you, Jay. <laughs> you see, the dad will get the house burned up. Well, speaking of the house burned up, I think the White house is about to burn up uh i, I just i, I it's I mean, weird that um who would have thought that the white house would be closed and schools would be open i don't understand it mm. i don't, i think act to me though i'm honestly surprised that it took so long for a lot of them what is it 17 and counting yeah. to be diagnosed by the with time COVID. this show comes on it'll be the entire there are more what I, what I find amazing is literally there there's a bigger there are more people in the white house uh, who've been infected just in the last few days, last week or so, than in the entire NBA. Like, who would have thought that where niggas work is safer than the White House? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, who would have thought, like, black people's work Listen, environment that's hilarious. is safer than the White House? <laughs> but you know what I think it comes down to? And I think you already know this. It comes down to the fact, first of all, leadership and someone who listens to the experts that sure. say, listen, sure. this is what I think we sure. should do to ensure the safety of those who are sure. here. Meanwhile, back at the White House, Trump is like, no mask for you, no mask for me, no six feet distance, none of that stuff. We're fine. COVID is I, nothing. I think, And even as evidenced by when he was released, I just, I, I think that it's, it, it says a lot Everybody wants uh, some semblance of the world we used to have. They want some sense of normalcy. People want the economy up. I know I miss being on stages. I know I miss being at theaters with full of people. I miss all of that. But I think that until people feel, both people who have to be at work and people who want to enjoy whatever it is that you do, be it shopping or restaurants or movies or whatever, uh, they have to feel a sense of safety. And I think that the NBA really did it right. The NBA took science, uh, they took a economic need, and they found a way to 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 craft a a way out. Uh, a, you know, a, a successful uh, version of what they'd done before, according to the contours of the virus. Like they 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 they're gonna have a championship. 
Uh, they played a series. It was in the bubble. No one got it. Everybody was safe, and people still got a facsimile of the product that they'd enjoy. Yep. But I think if you look at it this way, first of all, you have to have someone who knows what science is and believes it and also cares about what that economic need is. And I think Trump doesn't care or know about either of those what, things. There's I, a sense of selfishness that comes with it. Not even, I, I just, I, I used to think that it was because he was selfish, but I think that I've learned a lot in this last about him, I believe, in, in, from my perspective in the last few days. When you hear people say, you know, maybe this getting this, this virus will help him be more humane about it, to, it, it, that's impossible for him because first you have the most, the core ingredient of that is humanity. And everything for him is what is in it for me. Like, if you don't care about your family getting it, if you don't care about the people, like he went to rich people and took their money <laughs> knowing he had it and and if he don't he don't give a fuck about his supporters or his family None of or that. you know anybody that he like i mean when his brother died and he didn't a couple of uh, uh week months about a month or so ago yeah he didn't look like nothing happened i mean mm -hmm. like like so i think it's just difficult for him to be human well, do you know how devoid of emotion or concern for other people you have to be knowing that you are still in the midst of your battle with right. COVID, but you tweet out, don't be afraid of COVID. Don't allow it to, you know, I guess, rule your life, but not taking into consideration you have the best doctors. You get to try all of these yeah. medicines that no one yeah. else can. So it's almost like you're saying... Look what I can do. You can do it too. No, you can't. Yeah. If you try to do that, mm -mm. try that sunny outlook when you got Kaiser and a copay. <laughs> try that shit because it's, it's it's really a simple thing. I think that the 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 core tenet of leadership, the mark hallmark of leadership, is actually caring about the people you lead, and and to put these many people like I feel, uh, and I said this on our radio show, I feel horrible. Uh, for those people who came to those fundraisers and potentially are exposed to something that could be detrimental to them. But I feel worse to the people that have to be there. And I think that the problem in America, in my estimation, is that we only save our empathy and sympathy for people we deem worthy of it. It's for their station in life. Like if they wear a uniform or they have this job, then they're that much more worthy of, of love and sympathy and, and empathy than these people. But I honestly, I can say I feel about as bad for Trump as America did for crack babies. Mm -hmm. I have, like I feel about as bad for him as this country did for crack babies, and and those people, those, the children were just born. They didn't have any. They, they no didn't know so, who no they were choice. born to, yeah. and America couldn't even muster up a modicum of concern for them. Well, a lot of these people who are now positive for COVID, if you'll recall, they actually went on to do press conferences prior to that yeah, to say, yeah. it's a hoax, it's not yeah. real, it's going to be yeah. fine. Hey, Kellyanne Conway with yeah. the COVID. Shout yeah. out to your daughter who right. outed you, by right. the way. I'm just saying. Right. I think a lot of these people, Chris Christie, what was it that he said? Some people are going to have to sacrifice. Yeah. Well, hey, big lover. Well, he, he's clearly never sacrificed a meal. And I'll say this. <laughs> um, this is the American the, 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 America's favorite creamy field nougat governor. I <laughs> Here's the thing. When people say shit like that, when they say people are going to have to sacrifice or obviously we're going to lose people to, for the economy, they never think it's them. Never. No. They have an idea of who never. it is and it's never them. But Chris Christie is the epitome 
of 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 pre-existing. When you can't see your feet, you shouldn't take your ass out of the streets. No, please put that on a t-shirt. He should like this dude. <laughs> and and you know what? Here's the thing that's e- equally as a so the minute that Chris Christie found out he was positive, he checked his fat ass into the hospital because <laughs> he knew because he knows. Yeah. And the minute Donald Trump found out something was wrong, he went to the finest facilities in the world, had the finest doctors in the world. And the thing that is particularly, like, when th- I can tell you this. When I uh, was diagnosed with COVID, and I, I remember I was embarrassed having to tell people that I did it, and I remember I did it on Instagram. But what hurt me the most is that I thought I had potentially uh, exposed other people to it. And I... I, I my son got it. You got it. Uh, everybody that worked with me got it. And I, even now, struggle with the fact that I could have killed people. And and to see that people are so cavalier about it, like it's not a big deal. When I was in the hospital, I had gone to the hospital in, um, in Nashville. Nashville. But I remember I passed out in L.A. and I had to go to the hospital at UCLA. Mm. And a young kid, not too much, I, I will not call him a kid, but he was a young man, not too much older than Kyle, he died. Like he died, and 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 for you to say, act like this is some machismo thing that you can overcome it with sheer force of will. The the only reason there are two reasons that people don't have worse outcomes for that. One is the quality of care they get, mm. and luck. Yeah, yeah. But I think it, it. It, but the difference too though is your response. I remember when you called me, and you were so upset about the potential of me having it, right? right? And you were very careful about the quarantine, all of that, even the way we did things and continue to do things on this show. And because you know what the cost of that could be, right? So to see him decide in the midst of his COVID battle to say, you and you, come on, let's go, let's get in the truck, let's for a photo op, and you have no concern about what is happening to your secret service agents, you don't know how it may affect them. I'll care. Or care. care. I remember when uh, the one of the saddest times I had was when he came back and told me he was positive, and I I just I'm like I could have killed my son like, and it makes me sad that this has become a thing that if you believe it in it that you're this uh, politi- political political affiliation if you don't you're this yeah and and I said this before the reason this disease is has is is having such a devastating impact on this country is because it feeds on selfishness. Yeah. 211,000 people could not be dead unless we were led and populated by selfish people. The fact that even even his even the way he got it or potentially got it was at at the Rose Garden where he was showing off his <laughs> his Supreme Court nominee so he could look like he was being presidential. And he may, and, and he. It was an edict of his not to wear face mask, and that there was a machismo thing. And he risked all of them. Ninety mm-hmm. like percent. I, I think them. they're horrible no people mask. anyway. So I, but you I know. think even he risked all of them. Yeah. So what do you say to the people who are, you know, I guess pushing the conspiracy theory that he actually doesn't have it, and this is kind of like a plan of his to come out and seek, I don't know, sympathy from voters. But no perhaps? one has sympathy for him. I know I don't. Like, like literally, who, who not even a little bit. The people, the only people who have sympathy for him, like there are people who who, who by rote say we we are praying for you. Nobody, nobody's literally playing for this dude. Uh, like I think that there are people yeah. who kind of go, 
that's what you say to be politically correct. I don't want anybody to have a negative outcome, but I literally feel as bad for him as America felt for crack babies. Yeah. I really do. What were you going to say, sir? I was saying, like, I don't know if there's anybody who's like, well, for myself personally, I'm not praying for, like, you know, something bad to happen or his death, but I'm like, shit, that's what you get. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I pray for him what he's prayed for for America. I, I pray for him. I, I pray for him. I, listen, I, I just think that our empathy and sympathy, and I said this earlier, is just connected to whatever station somebody holds in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is a horrible human being who, under his leadership, other human beings have died uh, and have been sickened. And never one time, but despite all the prayers that people have given him, has he prayed for people. Has he said, let's have a moment of silence for all the people who are dead? Has he questioned whether he did any, everything right and wrong? Even even in, in the midst of when you're taking all these experimental drugs to make sure that they can that you can breathe again, you would think that that would be a moment of reflection and you could nah. say, you know, uh, but, but to have that much hubris where you believe that you've done absolutely everything right and that, that, uh, that no one's life is, is like, it's just people who will never come back and you've had a hand in it. The, your your shoddy leadership, your refusal to accept the reality of things, your your insistence that people come to work and to to please you or keep their job, they gotta keep their mask off. I remember when he tried to tell a reporter to, to take, take his, his mask, mask off. off. <laughs> I remember when he tried to he, he, he teased Joe Biden about wearing a fuck. You know mm-hmm. what Joe Biden is? A 78 year old white man who wants to be 80. Yeah. You know what else he is? Negative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't Today. stand people who like say, like, people who say, like, oh, I got it. I'm good. So that, like, you ain't got to worry about it. It's like, motherfucker, ain't, ain't, everybody don't got your immune system. Nope. Everybody don't got your quality nope. of life. Like, nope. come on, man. I tell you, one thing that made me laugh so hard was when, you know, we were talking uh, over the weekend, I guess it was, and you were saying, you know, some of those very people who are going to be taking care of him, you know, the doctors are yeah. going to be the people that he <laughs> talked about yeah. so bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, 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 I guarantee you what, it's a lot of people who are going to be caring for him. And to, who are administering these these uh, these these experimental drugs, whose last name look like the last line of an eye chart? Yep. <laughs> I'll tell true. you what. It's true, and some may come from those places that he called shithole shit countries, countries. Remember? Yeah. And I guarantee you. Careful. And, and what's particularly egregious to me is, remember those we were we were on the radio, and remember the people that took hydrochloroquine, the yes. couple in uh, Arizona, it was, and they died, and he died, but they took it out yeah. of the fish tank, he died, right. I think that your punishment should be the remedy that you have sold to the rest of the country. I think that you should have to ingest bleach. I think that you should have to take hydrochloroquine. I think that you should you you, you should have to take everything you because the the thing about it is while America's praying for his well wishes, soon as he gets strong enough, he's going to physically move to have the very uh, medical advantages uh, that he had taken away from you. Oh, he was. He never stopped that. He never stopped that. Never did. And it's so funny that you know he, all of the stuff he was able to do, he actually was was actually making sure that other people did not have access to. But right. was lying about it, lying about the the ventilators, lying about the mask and the PPE that he said was readily available. All of which were lies. And how many people are dead right now because they believed him? He's sick right <laughs> now because he believed him. And when I when I look at what happens in the world today, like when I look, I, I'm very sad. And I think, look at all the people who missed graduations and weddings. Look at all the people 
who missed, uh, you know, there were surgeries that were not done because uh, they were postponed. Um, people who couldn't visit people in the hospital. But one of the saddest things is that there were people who lost their loved ones, people who died. And because of corona, they couldn't go see them. And this motherfucker's riding around taking a joy ride. Ain't no joy when you have seen this much death and sadness. And if there is, there's, there's something patently wrong with you. Our next guest is a stand-up comedian who is currently a correspondent on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Please welcome Roy Wood Jr. Yeah. <laughs> what's up? Right. What's up? Why are we doing this a interview? A pleasure to meet you. And OG, good to see you good again. To see you nice too, to meet man. you as well. The first question, why are we doing this interview with you in your bedroom? What the yeah, hell is that Yeah, I was about? wondering <laughs> that, but I thought maybe it's also an office. Okay, so then do you want me to open the bedroom door so the noise of a four-year-old child can come <laughs> home? <laughs> nah, we're good. Myself being respectful and finding a quiet place in my home. All of us ain't got an at-home office to you know? have to call Audible. Oh, and then there's that. <laughs> well, okay, that answers that question. That'll hold you. I know that um, much. I, yeah, I, I I, just, listen, I, I made the bed for your ass and everything. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. You, made, you did a good job, actually. I appreciate that. I didn't know you had a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I don't talk about my life on stage. I keep all that a secret. Yeah, man. (laughs) Well, well, I'm sure you enjoy them. Yeah, you know, okay. (laughs) You know, there's days. Mm. I'll say this. I am willing to risk him bringing Corona into the house to send him to school. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They got Corona. Just put on two T-shirts and pray. You going out of here. Look, my son come home from school. I put a mask on him for two hours to see if he (laughs) He ain't got no cough. You don't take the mask off. It's 730. (laughs) I can't breathe. You'll breathe eventually, sport. That's the way it goes. Uh, So you're still doing the Daily Show. Because it's got to be rough because you're not – it's very hard to find stages anywhere these days, isn't it? Yeah, like New York has some outdoor stuff here and right. there, and that's all right. But right. comedy ain't no wilderness activity. <laughs> no, you know? no, no. It's cute now and then at an amphitheater. Right. If, if, you know, Dave Chappelle had the whole thing set up nice, right. but I'm right. outside on the roof. It's fire trucks and helicopters flying over. <laughs> so I haven't been on the road since February. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's about when it, the the world uh, came apart. But so, but you you yeah. do get to uh, scratch that itch like gigging on the show. So that's kind of cool. Cool. Do you still get to do yeah, some? The Daily Show gives you a little bit of leeway, but you know it ain't the same no. as being on stage. Plus, even with the Daily Show, we got to sit in this box and do the damn show. They right. won't even like Trevor. So damn careful. He's like, well, no, we. We do not want to put crew at risk. I'm like, no, fucking no foreigner. No. You know, if he's American, he can risk it all. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get new ones. Um, what is the thing that you're missing being on stage? I mean, because to me, there's so much 
that you can only work out on stage? And uh, what is the, the the through line that you feel like you're not it's, being able to connect? It's to? the instant feedback, man. It's the instant feedback of the audience. Like it, it, a tweet doesn't do the job. No. Doing little selfie videos don't do the job. The IG live stuff every now and then. I people some hearts to come up on the screen right. and make you feel <laughs> yeah. better. Yourself. It's a little but, different, I'm sure, like, online. It's like just getting out and meeting people and knowing that what you did on stage helped them escape whatever they were going through. And, you know, people will tell you that straight up to your right, face after right, the show. Right. They, sometimes they share too much. Like, brother, I got nine surgeries tomorrow. Right. And I just want to <laughs> thank you. Right, right, right. I, so I miss that human connection, man. I think that's the one thing that makes comedy special. You know, I would put it ahead of, you know, most of the other art forms. Is yeah, that, me too. It's I just you and the microphone, man. Right. And I, I hate that we can't do that right now. And and now it's so important. I think that one of the things that's missing, and I think one of the things uh, is that you, you talked about the human connection, but also um, hearing, uh, you know, the, the the things that are going on illustrated in the world. Like, we can't, like, this. The, Trump's got corona, but there's no way to talk about that. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I don't even know how a dude... Yeah. Thought he could stay healthy when he lives off hamburgers and hate. I thought, like, I don't even know how he. <laughs> I don't even know how it took this long for him to get it. I'll say this much about hate. Apparently, from what I can tell, that shit keep you alive for a while. <laughs> My grandma loved everybody and died at sixty-one. <laughs> right, right. Maybe she should have been mean at people. <laughs> have they checked on the Secret Service yet? That's that's the bigger question. Have they checked on these two Negroes that was just driving around the Corona truck? <laughs> the, the Corona, corona truck. Because <laughs> that's what it was, because he wanted <laughs> to get out and see his fans and say hi and wave. Mm. I'm like, really? Like, how selfish is that? It just, it sucks that we can't get on stage and really bring that to light immediately. Like, I low-key, man, I feel like, I feel like uh, Chappelle probably showed us what the new blueprint is for doing a comedy special yeah. right now, because as quick as the news changes... Yo, you might have to just do something based on what happened in the last two weeks. That Ain't no more working second. out these jokes no. and polishing them for a year. No. no. Mm. Yeah. What happened last week? Bring the camera. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. But, but you know, it's funny because I think that one of the things we have to accept that and you alluded to this with Chappelle, what he did was he accepted the reality of of the situation. He understood, like even the NBA, they accepted that, you know, this is the confines of the contours of this situation. We're going to have to do it this way if we want what we do to be still be viable. And I think maybe that's right. something we're going to start looking at. Unless Biden wins and then things slow down again for a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, Biden, I can tell you right now, if Biden, if, if I'm Biden, do you even want to win knowing the White House <laughs> covered in Corona? Like, if I'm Biden and I win the presidency, I might run the country from a best Western. <laughs> like, y'all gonna have to spray that shit down over there because the whole staff, everybody got it. I don't think you're going to be able to take a black woman to the Best Western. I don't think that's no, it. That's not gonna I don't happen. think Kamala is going to be not having that. I she is not having I, it. I, I didn't look around for Vice President to be at the jury in. You the fuck is wrong I'll with you? I'll be the street at the double tree. I'm an AKA. I can't do this time. <laughs> All this bullshit. That was when I was new. I can't do this. It is it's, it's stuff like that that I think America misses. Like there, There's no, no place where... They get to hear like they got songs, you know. They got like like great songs, and they have movies. But no. what they don't have is this. 
the now. It's yeah. the now. It's the now of it. Like, as much as I love Kendrick for his social awareness, you can't turn around a song in a week and a half no. or two weeks. Mm -mm. Like, you can capture the, the emotion of that time, but the actual critique of the moment... Nah, man, that's comedians. That's comedians all day. Is that why you dig? Do you, you doing the Daily Show? That's that's what. Because when I I saw you, uh, I guess fifteen years ago, and you cracked me up, and I was like, this motherfucker is hilarious. You were doing radio at the time. It hasn't made yeah. been any longer than that. And then I see you on the Daily Show, and it made sense because it always seemed like that's what you it was leading up to. Because you always had that kind of thing that seemed like it would translate well on that. And now um, to see you doing it, and every once in a while I'll catch you. There'll be something on Facebook. Like I, I saw the thing where you <laughs> were talking about black people don't don't do patriotic songs, which made me laugh. You ever laughed at the comic oh, yeah. so much you, you hated him? You're like, fuck this dude. I should have thought of that shit. <laughs> black people don't sing about America. We sing about specific cities where you can have a good time. Why don't? Why don't we don't sing at all? At all about America? You can't, I, I, dude, I did the homework, man. Even living in America, which was original, at the end of the song, James Brown just started naming cities. Didn't the cities oh, where black sure people did. were supposed to go? That's right. <laughs> he just, Kansas City. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's cool to be, on, to be on a show. I think what's more important, man, is that Trevor Noah gives me the freedom right. to do a lot of black-ass shit on that show. Right. Right. He, yo, we took cameras. This is when I knew Daily Show was going to be some different shit for me. My second, my first piece was police reform. My second piece was the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March. I pitched that shit knowing that somebody white was just going to shut it down in the building. Like, uh, we can't be talking to no nation. And Trevor walked in. <laughs> yes. You will go. Go talk to the nation. Here, take the cameras. <laughs> right, 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 right. Wow. So, so he, so he lets you cool be who you are. To speak to the black experience, right? Man. Yeah. Well, you know that's interesting because I always have the conversation with DL, and I always wonder: Do you think that uh, the times that we're in now um, are going to change the boundaries, or as a comedian, do you still have the freedom to just kind of talk about and joke about whatever you want to, and nothing's off limits? I think the comedians still have the freedom. I just think society's more outspoken when we piss them off. Now, mm -hmm. I think that's all it is. I don't think the penalty. I don't think that a comic is holding back anymore. I don't think comedians are even going harder. They're doing what they've always been doing. Right. But now everybody's hyper aware and everybody's, and you know, some people, well, you shouldn't have said right. that. Right. It's a lot of those. <laughs> like I remember, <laughs> what, what was it? What was it? It was uh, Andrew Gilliam. He came out oh, he, as bisexual. He said he identified as bisexual. And I said, does that mean he's halfway out the closet? Like, does that mean, like, he's like, and they were like, you're a homophobe. No, I'm a comic, and that's hilarious, and that's a hilarious premise to me. And I don't think it's, the one thing about comedy that I've always loved, it's not by committee. It's not, I mean, obviously, if you're on a show, there are elements that you'll bring in um, because you're doing a show. But in turn, it's a very selfish right. art form. Like you're a, like generally, you are the writer, editor, producer, director. Like you're all self. It's such in a self. In front of people, right? Now. And that's the other problem with comedy now is that comedy is the only art form that's created in front of you on the spot. Artists, actors, dancers—they all get to go rehearse right. in a back room somewhere. I have to make the mistakes in front of people right. and find out where too far is. Right in front of everybody right. and then they roast you they post a video and all right. of that that's that's the one upside to outdoor shows can't nobody hear what the hell you're saying up there because the sound system trash ain't been no comedians getting canceled from no. outdoor shows you ain't seen a single video have you no not one not you one it don't count if you say the shit with no ceiling it don't count <laughs>
What do you think uh, happens with I this thing? Funny. What do you think? How do you think it changes us? How, not not just us as as artists, because I think we're all a reflection of what we see. But what do you think? Uh, our art form, uh, uh, the, the humanity, the, the the population in general, the the nation. How does it change? I think the society. I think the. As a society, we will always have a desire to congregate and know that we're not alone in feeling the way we feel. That's why comedians are so parallel to church pastors. What I'm scared of, bro, is that I'm not sure if comedy clubs will survive. Yeah. So there will be a new place where comedians get to go and grow. But I also think that, let me bounce it back to you. Do you think that there will still be a place for comedians that aren't doing material that touches on whatever people are angry about or whatever their emotions are about, because I think it's important to have comics that appease people that just want an escape. Everybody right. don't want to hear about the issues 24-7. Right, right. But I'm feeling like more and more people are trying to force those comedians into being opinionated, and that shit ain't fair. Yeah. I, I think that I've been out a couple of times, I, and nobody passes out at a comedy club like me. Let me tell you something. Um, <laughs> nobody blacks out at Zanies like me. I think I won the award for that. Eight out of ten. <laughs> at least. I was going to say nine. Eight out of ten. Um, <laughs> I, I think that one of the things I've noticed uh, is the fear uh, of the audience. Not just, like, it's hard to laugh and to concentrate on what you're seeing when you're worried if somebody got too close to you, it's it's so mechanical now. It's so they're they're plexi, uh, you know, plexiglass dividers and they spray stuff down and then everything's in plastic cups and everybody's really exact and then they it's socially distanced and they, they remind like so even the place that is supposed to be the cathedral that's supposed to be where you can escape all that. Everything that's going on in the world, the, the the kind of microcosm of all of that is everything you see. It's that you got to take a picture of the menu, even though it's all <laughs> just yeah. chicken wings and popcorn. Yeah. And so I think that it's it, it used to be a place where you went to escape from what was going on. And now it's because of the way it's structured, it's a reminder of it. So I think Correct. it'll have to get past that part. And even the comedians are really like you used to have meet and greets you used to talk to your fans you used to and now it's just so clinical it's very clinical so I, I, well i'm i'm paranoid man i'll be honest i was one of those comics i was like i'm not going out for nothing it's right. a charity show that's cool i'll donate but i'm staying at the crib right 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 and you know i still have a four-year-old that i have to answer to right and, you know but then I also need this, and that's why, like, finally I was like, I can't, I got to go out, man. Right. I got to go out and get back right. on stage. Are you going to take the corona vaccine when it drops? I would. Or are you going to wait for that second but I, would, I would take it depending on who it was. Mm -hmm. Like, like if somebody has a reputation, <laughs> like, and like depending on like what company, <laughs> like I would. Like that. Uh -uh. No, no, not gonna do <laughs> I, it. I would, mm -hmm. I would take it depending because I take the flu shot all the time, but uh, every year. Uh, but I would take it depending on the, who who developed it, and the, if it's somebody from Europe, <laughs> I would take a European company before I took an American company. I, I swear to God, I would. I would. So if it's at Sam's Wholesale, if it's Sam's no. Choice Corona vaccine, no. <laughs> they're so untrustworthy. No. I just don't trust no. none of that. If Louis Pasteur no. did it, I would go. Okay. Uh, uh no, I don't trust it. <laughs> With all the mess that they're saying, you don't know what to believe. This clown said ingest bleach, just everything. I'm like, I don't trust anything. And then they want to push it to the HBCU students and whatnot. I'm
I'm like, mm, you guys get in line oh, first. Oh. Let me see how it works, and then I'll oh, let oh. you know. But it's some people that have great, yeah. rep- like AstraZeneca said, you know what, this is killing people. We're going to stop this <laughs> shit right here. Right. I mean, it's hurting people. Like, it depends on what they, the, the clinical yeah. trials and if they did, you know, all the protocols and they, they came up with this. But I, I don't think you can do anything on demand. Like, if, if, it, if it's somebody that says, like, it's not like a contract that we give it to the lowest bidder and the person who did it the fastest. Yeah, but why do we have to be first? No. But yeah, so I, I, would, mm-hmm. I would depend on who, it would depend on who mm-hmm. developed it and, and what they were, how open they were about the protocols and where I was. Because I just, I, I, honestly, I think we're going to have to go back to some version of what we were mm-hmm. before. Some version of it. Well, would you take it? Are you going to take it? I I don't know about that first, but you ever you ever like search for a flight, and you ever find like a, a like a thirty dollar plane ticket, and you'd be like, mm. <laughs> see, it's got to be something wrong with that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like y'all made that vaccine too fast. You know, yes. marinate to at least next summer. You done took this shit off the stove already. Right, right. This re- just before the election. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I wouldn't nope. do that. I wouldn't do that. But so much of it, like, like I've never been lived in a time where people judge you based on what you believe about the circumstance. Like, like science is, one thing I'll say is like, and I talked about this earlier, the NBA, they have recognized the reality, the confines, the contours, what was going on. And they found a way to have a viable business based on scientific information. And they have, Fewer cases. Who would have thought a company where a bunch of black people work had fewer cases than the White House? Like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> that is kind of crazy. Like, like <laughs> niggas' jobs are safe. Like, who thought like that? But what they did was, you had a bright person who wanted to keep his business viable, was responsible to his shareholders and and the product, and said, "We're gonna find a way to to carve a way out." I think we have to do that too, and I think. Uh, I, I just don't know how that looks. I the the issue is going to be getting all of the comedy venues on board, and then getting the fans of comedy to come yeah. out and also be responsible. You right. know, that's that's going to be a tough one, man. I mean, you look at the NFL; they got fans in the stands, and they ain't acting right. Right. And they love football, right. so you know it's going to be. It'll. I I honestly feel like, man if the infrastructure survives in time for the vaccine for us to get back to normal, then cool. But what we're also up against is that once people get out of the habit of doing something, you've got to get them back in the habit. I'll be one of the first people to say, I don't know if I'm ever going to fuck with the movie theater anymore. Yeah, I think so. You're right. But by the time the movie theater comes back next year, Hollywood going to figure out a new way to stream all this shit to my couch. Correct. For we we me and my girl watched Mulan for thirty dollars. <laughs> right. You know what? I was okay with. It. Right, and you were safe. You were safe. I think. I think so that. I- I might go get me some surround sound so I can enjoy it. <laughs> so it sounds like you did. I think you're right. I think, yeah. and that's that's one of the things that is antithetical to what we do. One of the things that comedians do is people don't know if you're kidding. They don't know if they're safe. They don't know like that. It's it's the like you. It it is kind of uh, uh, you know a walk on the wild side so to speak because you don't know if they're serious you don't know if they mean it you don't know what's go- like and and I think it always has been that way and now the requisite for almost anybody even like a, you're a bright young dude but now they're, they're even frightened dudes like you like who <laughs> like, I, I, like you're scared to like go out do things go places and so I, and that's the antithesis of comedy to me. 
I have, have, let me ask you this. Have you thought about, and I'm seriously thinking about this for 21, have you thought about just performing overseas for a year and just going over to another part of the country where they take things, a uh, part of the earth where they take the disease more seriously and you think there's less cases and you can still get the itch scratched in an infrastructure that's still in place? Well, I don't, I, nobody lets America go anywhere. We can't even go to the International House of I was about to say, who's going to let you in? Where can Americans go? <laughs> yep. Shit, you're right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> That's a big sign. No. <laughs> we can't go anywhere. Not welcome. I forgot we was on punishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the, so much for that well, plan. What's that the plan. first thing you're going to do when you finally get on the stage? A proper indoor comedy club stage, man. I got so much venom about race relations in this country. Mm -hmm. I don't even think people going to like me when I get back on stage. This is seeing <laughs> all of this has yeah. changed. Yeah. Yeah. And and you, it's like you come out of a basement. You've been locked in. And you go, let right. me tell you about right. these motherfuckers. <laughs> right, 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 right. That wasn't my style before. Right. But now everything I write, I'm starting to try and stockpile material. I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I'm gonna smile when I say that because they're not gonna like that. But it's hard not to when you're you're locked in the house Man. on quarantine and everything that you see on social media and the like really is kind of some negative stuff based on racism. So it's kind of hard to get away from it. Yeah, it is. The one thing that I hope stays on the other side of this pandemic is the increase in customer service at restaurants. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you, the level of politeness that I have encountered. <laughs> When I'm just going somewhere to get something for carry out, they are so kind. Yes. We appreciate you for coming. The owner, you know how when the owner come out front, right. brother, you know he, he ain't got the apron on. He come out, hey, how you doing? <laughs> right, right. Well, you're right. going to enjoy that food. I right. appreciate you. They hold the bottom of the bag when they hand you your shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know how they sincere when they hold the bottom of the <laughs> Mm -hmm. That's they thankful. give you bottles of wine like you can have a bottle of wine for six dollars like literally in california they could say you could go to pick someone they go you want some wine with that i'm like nigga yes like, that's gonna always be a yes yes <laughs> would you like a bottle of wine yeah, and they'll mix your drink and send it out to you i hope that doesn't leave you're right uh, i went to the, the you know that sandwich spot um in the tri-state jersey mike's yeah, yeah they was sure. nice in Jersey Mike. He's like, welcome to the Jersey Michaels. I'm like, who the fuck is Jersey Michaels? <laughs> Thank you for choosing New Jersey Michaels. Please come again. Why'd you yeah. stop me? Because Subway was a mile away, motherfucker. That's why. See the there he is, the one and only Roy Wood Jr. Man, you stay, you're a funny. Tell your four-year-old we said. Thank hey, you, man. Roy. Thank nice you, to man. meet you, too. You be good, so man.